Welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we help you make marriage real, fun, and simple. Each week, we have honest conversations about one simple thing that can make your marriage better. Because when your marriage is better, everything's better. I'm CJ, and this week I'm thrilled to be joined by our resident newlywed, Afton. Hi. Our 22-year marriage veteran. He's an author, speaker, and the director of MarriedPeople.org, Ted Lowe. Hey, everybody. And our very special guest this week, Sandra Stanley. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we are going to find out a little bit more about Sandra in a second, but this week on the Married People podcast, we're asking the question, how do we create breathing room in our lives and in our marriages? So, Ted, can you give us just a little bit of a sense uh, of where we're heading this week and introduce our very special guest, because I know that you guys have known each other for a while. We have. We have. And uh, Sandra, when people say, how did you get to work at North Point, which I did for nine years before we started Married People, I say, Sandra Stanley. Uh, And I don't know if you remember (laughs) this. I love taking credit for things. It's awesome. (laughs) You can have full credit because... uh, we were years ago, we were with you guys at Big Stuff Camp. Yeah. Andy was speaking, Nancy and I were doing drama, and we were tired of traveling. We had a two year old. We had him in 18 states before he was two, and we were done. So we're like, what's this next phase for us? And I was like, I think I want to go back in the local church. And so we actually went out to dinner with you guys. I remember. And talked about what it could be. And I, I felt like God, you know, this next phase, I wanted it to be, you know, the local church, but also marriage, uh, which was kind of funny because I remember Andy saying, that's a good thing to want to do. Uh, There might not be a paycheck attached to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if we do, you can get paid for something else. Uh, But I remember the next day we saw you guys in the hall and you said, you know, I told him he needs to hire you or someone else uh, would. And they did. And then they didn't know what to do with me for several months. So uh, thank you for that, Sandra. You're welcome. You're welcome. There are times that I meet someone and I I look at Andy and I go, okay, don't let this one get away. And y'all were a package awesome deal. That we did not want to let get away. So you're, you're sweet. It was uh, you actually started this podcast, Sandra. So because uh, it all you know started way back then. So yeah. uh, but, so, so welcome so. to my podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really like picturing Andy saying to you. You know, Ted, for you, maybe marriage should be more of a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. I like to picture yeah. that happening. I, I, I remember Lanny Donahoe saying, hey, when you go into the meeting, go, go in there just wanting to do marriage. Just say, yeah. hey, this is, you know, what we want to do. we we'll work with the local, local church. And so that was that was a good advice. So Because awesome. I, I was able to pivot off that mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. So uh, That's amazing. That's yeah. So, but great experience for us there and kind of launch what I feel like we're doing now, helping churches and helping couples to... Uh, we say on this podcast, we want to make marriage real fun and simple. Yeah. Um, and I've watched you and Andy over the years really do marriage well. In fact, I had someone say to me after I'd spoken somewhere, they knew from North Point, and it was kind of a sad question, but I understood what they were saying. He said, tell me that Andy Stanley's the real deal. <laughs> and it made me sad that he had thought that that was more of the exception than the rule. But mm-hmm. I said, oh, man, he's the real deal for sure. And I think that's because the first thing that pops into my mind is how you guys, you know, we're doing marriage and family starting North Point. And I think mm-hmm. he said, God, I'm going to give you, what, 45 hours yeah. a week and whatever you can do with it. Uh, but I know you guys have so lived this out. So that's well, thank we're, you. we're thrilled that you're here. So He has led very well in that, and I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm the beneficiary. Well, I think you've <laughs> so, had to lead him a couple times yeah. too, so that works out well. So, Sandra, we are very thrilled that you that you are here today. Uh, tell people that are listening a little bit about your story. Okay, okay. Well, 
Let's see. I, um, I'm a native Georgian, so grew up in middle Georgia, moved to Atlanta to go to college and um, met Andy my junior year in college. And we started dating and he waited for me to graduate. And um, so this summer we will have been married 30 years. Wow. Which awesome. just is a crazy number in my head Does to it even feel think like about. It's no, been thirty years. No, it has flown by. <laughs> so um, we've got three kids. Um, Andrew is twenty-five. He'll be twenty-six in a couple months. Uh, Garrett's twenty-four. Allie's twenty-two, and we have a sweet daughter-in-law. Garrett, our middle one, got married this past November. So wow. daughter-in-law Danielle, which is a whole new fun thing. <laughs> it's awesome. We um, have foster kids in and out and just got our 18-year-old um, transitioned to an independent living program. So we are empty nesters officially. Wow. We were empty nesters for a minute after Allie left for college before our foster daughter moved in full-time with us. And um, so now we're back to empty nesterhood, and it's awesome. I've heard awesome, that it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Give those of us who have three teenagers in the house, uh, like myself and and after with her teenager, give us yeah. hope. What is the empty nester? Thing empty like? nesterhood is so great. However, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it, I think it does kind of hang its hat on how well you do marriage leading up to the empty nester years. Mm. Um, but we still, Andy and I still really, really like each other. And <laughs> I good. hear if I get home before him, I still love hearing that garage door go up. That's and awesome. so it's great. It's That's great. Awesome. We're having fun. It's you know, a little more flexible. And we, um, I told him this morning, we were laughing about something. I said, it would be really hard, really easy to get selfish in this season mm, because you yeah. do have a little more flexibility and ability to mm. kind of just do what you want. Sure. And yeah. it would be really easy to decide, you know, we've done enough. Let's just coast and enjoy, <laughs> <Yeah>. enjoy life now. <laughs> so, well, well, speaking of, you know, being an empty nester now and making the shift from parenting to, wow, you have all this time now or you have breathing room, supposedly, right? right. Uh, so, but then you shift your focus and start writing books, you know, the comparison trap, breathing room. So what led to, to that shift? That it's such an interesting thing. When Andrew, our oldest was about ninth grade, I realized that, that like empty nesterhood is a reality. And I, you know, you, you think it's just like a myth, all, you know, when you're in the midst of parenting and you don't necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but when Andrew's in ninth grade, I realized we really have about three and a half more years and Andrew will graduate. And then mm -hmm. the following year, Garrett will graduate. And then two years after that, Allie will graduate. And so I realized there's going to be a next season. And I began just asking God to give me some wisdom about what's next. I recognized that I had a fairly significant platform of influence. Yeah. And so I just began asking God for some direction and some wisdom about what would be next and asking Him to prepare me, not knowing what it was. I had no desire really to you know, be a speaker or a writer or any of that. And, and so I just didn't know what it would be. And God was so faithful with baby steps to just begin leading me to a place where I had a heart for children from hard, you know, who've come from hard places. And hmm. I did not see that coming. I never would have, have suspected that might be my path because I wasn't the parent that wanted to perpetually parent. Hmm. I was, I mean, as much as I've enjoyed my kids and it's, gosh, this adult season is amazing. Um, as much as I enjoyed it, I, I 
was looking forward to a new season yeah. and doing things differently. And so God was faithful in just some baby steps and leading in that direction. And then as it, the reality came and I did, you know, when your kids get to be about 16, it's almost like you're an empty nester anyway, because they've got, you know, a way to get where they want to go typically. And they're so busy. They are so busy. And so, um, Moved in the direction we became foster parents, and um, that was incredible and continues to be. Um, but God just opened doors for me to do some other things. I'm in seminary now and oh, wow. doing just loving that. I'm at Dallas Seminary about halfway through my master's, and that's amazing. Um, so that's been fun, and then doing this writing, and it's it's just been great. Just but God was just so faithful in just giving baby steps here and there and, mm-hmm. and leading me and preparing me for what's next, which I think he delights in doing when we ask him. And your latest book, which really isn't just a book, it's Breathing Room, but it's a book, it's a video series, it's a devotional, it's an app, uh, yeah. is really what we're diving into yeah. here today. So we're talking about how do we create breathing room in our marriage? Yeah. And I was just, I mean, as you're talking, I'm like, you're the perfect person to write about this because I'm sure y'all are like the busiest people on the planet. And I'm sure you've had seasons where when you were launching a brand new church and that was probably really time consuming and probably impacted your marriage and your family. And and so how do you do that? How did you guys create breathing room in your marriage in those seasons? You know, it's interesting because every there's so many different seasons of, you know, married without kids, married with little bitties, married with kids who are, yeah. you know, have their weekends filled up with baseball and softball and crazy, you know, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then those teenage years are a whole different season too. And it really looked differently for us in each different season. Uh, when we launched North Point, our kids, I think um, I was actually pregnant with our third. So we had two toddlers and one, another one on the way. So and, easy. Like, yeah, why not yeah, start a church, the best too? Time, the yeah. best time to do something <laughs> like that. Um, and, and with that was a job change. I mean, the whole thing was a job change. Right. And so there's added you know, pressure with just leaving one thing and, and launching into something else. But um, during those years, we really did recognize that or Andy in, in his wisdom and foresight saw that this is a t- tricky season and it's a time consuming season. And about by about four thirty or five in the afternoon, you know, I was I was tired. <laughs> Maybe earlier than that. Yeah. Um, if I'm honest. But so that is when he really did begin to just go before the Lord and say, God, I've got about 40 to 45 hours a week, and this is probably about 120 hour a week job. Mm. And yeah. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to be home. Uh, Andy asked me we in a conversation one day, he said, Sandra, in, in the perfect world, you know, this isn't the perfect world, but in the perfect world, yeah. you know, what time would be most helpful for me to get home. And, you know, so I didn't say two, which right, was, right. you know, maybe, um, maybe what I would have loved, yeah. but, um, I did want him to have a job because that was, <laughs> right. I felt like that was important. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so we, we kind of landed at, you know, if you were home around really realistically five ish, you know, four or five, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And so he just decided, okay, I'm going to go to work every morning at about 6.30 or 7. Mm-hmm. And so he just backed it up. Mm-hmm. And when you've got little bitty ones, they go to bed early. So we could, you know, we could go to bed early too. So it was doable mm-hmm. to start earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, we laughed so many times during that season because people would want to get together and he needed to get together with people. And they'd say, hey, how about we meet about... Um, Five, you know, four thirty or five. He's like, well, I can meet with you at four thirty or five a.m. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't meet with you at four thirty or five p.m. Wow. So 
yeah, so, you know, it was, it looks different in every season. And those were those early years. And I realize up to this point, Sandra, we haven't really defined what breathing room yes. is. So let's back up a little bit. We're talking about breathing room in different seasons, but what is right. what is breathing room? What are we really talking about here? You know, breathing room is another way to say margin. And, and the way that we define it is it's the space between our current pace and our limit. Mm-hmm. I love so that. when we recognize what our limit is and we back it up, from there, that space in between is our breathing room. Can you say that one more time? It's um, breathing room is the space between our current pace and our limit. Mm, and um, so, yeah, that's another way of saying margin, but they're just, you know, multiple areas in our life where we really need to have breathing room. And in the, in the study that we do, it's a four week women's study with a free app. And what we do is, um, and the app has videos, but we talk about having, you know, developing and maintaining breathing room in our, with our time, with our finances and in our relationships. And those are kind of the three things we camp out on. Um, the study is really for women, but breathing room is certainly, a, yeah. it's an all skate. So, um, you <laughs> know, it's something that we all need. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's what I was telling these guys. I watched, uh, I watched all the videos and I think I told you in an email went, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a men's and women's yeah. video. Yeah. Well, and it started off that way. It was actually a series that Andy did some years ago and it made of all the series he's done and you know, there's so many amazing ones, it probably made the biggest and most lasting impact on me mm. um, as it related to marriage, parenting and even just my own personal, you know, sure. to-do list and <laughs> stuff, which affects everybody else as we mm. all know, but um yeah, so it started off with a series that he did, and it was so impactful that I, in the back of my mind, thought, you know what, it would be so fun to take this and craft it into something that's specific for women. Sure. And mm-hmm. um, we've, it's been so fun to see college girls in their sororities doing the study together mm-hmm. and, you know, just all the way through grandmas. So my mom lead, has led one or is actually <laughs> getting ready to lead a group in Dublin. And so it's been fun to see the spectrum of. This is a, it is an issue for everybody, regardless of season. And you get so practical in this too. That was one of the things I love the most Mm -hmm. about it. And one of the things you talk about is we have this tendency to not want to disappoint people. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I actually got to put that into action. I had spoke at this church and they said, well, you want to do lunch afterwards. And it's not that I didn't want to have lunch with them, but I had been gone for two, two or three days already. And I was like, I need to be with my kids. Yeah. And so I was like, Hey, I would so love to do that. Maybe we could do it during the week, but. I've been gone and I really want to be with the family. And they're like, great. Yeah. But it's that part of me that doesn't want to disappoint or then you feel guilty and you want to feel like we don't care about people. So that's, do you think that that's one of the tensions that people feel? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that that we talk about in the study is that our, our tendency to not create or or really not maintain breathing room boils down at at its core really to a set of fears. Mm -hmm. The fear of missing out is sometimes kind of at the root of it. The fear of falling behind, Mm -hmm. the fear of not mattering. I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. many things in, we're so aware of what everybody else is doing. We are living in an age of awareness. All right. So far I have three of the four. Yeah. (laughs) And then the big one for me, which sounds like it may be Ted's, is the fear of disappointing people. Yeah. That's the fourth one. And Mm -hmm. I, I love to say yes. I love to say yes to people right. because, you know, people take a risk asking us to do things. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I love more than to be able to say yes mm-hmm. and agree to do something for somebody or help them or, or speak or whatever it is. And so that one is hard for me. And that's the mm-hmm. one I have to kind of chronically deal with. 
So, so Ted, you're talking about, you know, you're speaking at a church and, you know, you didn't want to disappoint them. And so you decided to say no and get home quicker. So has there been, as an author, speaker, communicator, a director of a marypeople.org, you know, you're very busy. So has, is there a season of your life that you could look back on and say, that's a season I was really, you know, lacking breathing room before we start talking about creating breathing room. So what, what does that look like for you? You know, Nathan and I were blessed from the very beginning to have people in our lives that spoke this into us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from Rick and Kay Warren to Doug and Kathy Fields. And then with Andy and Sandra, it's always been modeled for us. So we've always said we've never had an excuse mm-hmm. not to do family well because we've been exposed to so many great things. And even when we started Married People in 2010, I took that exact number that Andy, you know, had given, said, I'm going to give 45 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give 45 hours to start North Point. And so our kids were littles at the time. And uh, we said the same thing. Okay, God, we're going to give you, you know, 45 hours, whatever you can do with this. And I, you know, fast forward, you know, eight years later, and I've got a high schooler, or, you know, two high schoolers and one about to graduate. Uh, we don't do a lot of things perfectly for sure, but I felt that this was something that was so tangible yeah. and applicable and even had that number of 45 and it, mm. um, that we said, okay, here's what it is. And I feel like I didn't give my family up for that, that we can look back on memories with a, in a sweet way. Not that we're always perfect, but I think we've right. also learned that there's seasons that are busy and that's mm-hmm. okay. It's called Orange Conference coming yeah. up. It's yeah. called different <laughs> things. Right. Mm-hmm. But we've been, and mm-hmm. our kids, it's okay to say to our kids, hey, we're going to be gone a lot. Yeah. This is going to be, but when this is over, we're going to do vacation or it, right. life will come back to normal. You manage the tension. Yeah. You do. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Afton? So has there been a season that you could look back on and say that was, the, I had no breathing room there. I'm just trying to, what does that look like for you? I mean, when you asked Ted that question, I was like, I hope CJ doesn't ask me <laughs> because I, I feel like I'm in a constant state of, yeah. of not having breathing room. Cause I, I think there are certain personality types and I'm just one of them that I, I fill up my time if there is time to fill, right. you know, or there's always something if, to do. If there's a yeah. little bit of margin, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I can say yes to, to these things now there's, and yeah, we've got a to-do list that's so long. And I'm like, I've got on my Evernote, like to do at home, to do at work. And I just, Take away at those until uh, you know. Yeah. There's nothing left, but there's not. There's never nothing left. I feel that know? way too. Like every season of life is my new busiest season. Right. Especially yeah. when you're, you know, more or less our age, where we're still kind of, you know, getting, you know, planting our feet in our careers yeah. and that kind of a thing. Where yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. every season is. And you want to say yes because you want season. to to know, be known as somebody that because you want to progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. that has adds value or yeah, whatever it is. So I think for yeah. us, it's really which hard. really goes back to those fears. Yeah, yeah, it goes back to those fears of mm-hmm. wanting to be known for something. That fear of mattering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how do you do that? So how, you know. Is the answer just kind of, did you guys start saying no to things when you wanted to say yes? Or or how do you practically create that margin and let it be there? (laughs) Yeah. You know, for Andy and me, it was a constant conversation of evaluating what are the things and who are the people in this season Hmm. that are most important, and then taking the next step to look at the calendar and go, okay, are those things and those people actually on the calendar? Because what hits our calendar is what we do, or what hits our Evernote list Mm -hmm. is what we do. So are those things that are most important and are those people who are most important actually what's on the calendar and actually what we're, we're doing, or are they getting the leftovers? Mm. So that's so great because it really does ebb and flow. The, it does. The margin, it's it not really like a, does. all right, we're going to sit down and do this 
you know, yes. once for the next, you know, two years and we're done mm-hmm. here. It is like a, it's, it's a game of constant yeah. adjustments. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Sandra. Okay. So. You kind of gave me a, a look. Like, well, well, like I'm going to spring this a big I don't know. Maybe you. this is just, we'll, we'll see what this. So when Andy starts to run out of breathing room or when you start to run out of breathing room, what impact does that have on your marriage? Oh my goodness. A, a big impact. You know, it, it just, when we are too busy, we just lose the connection. Mm. And I think that's just a natural thing that happens in any relationship. I think of my single friends or different people in different seasons, maybe who have aging parents yeah. or, or, you know, college girls who are just running and gunning and, mm. you know, don't get to go home for six or eight weeks and their moms, this is sounding kind of personal, and their moms are going, hey, are you coming home like ever? You remember all that I did for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But as it relates to marriage in particular, um, you know, as the calendar fills up with stuff, the opportunities for connection, for intimacy, for time alone together, all of those things start to start to go. And those are easy things to let go because they don't necessarily feel urgent. Yeah. And yeah. it um, is so easy, I think, sometimes for us to let the urgent trump mm-hmm. the important. Mm-hmm. And um, and that great. goes back to that constant conversation. Hey, how are we doing? Um, you know, maybe even coming up with a, a little set of questions that are just for the two of you to, mm-hmm. to chat about and make sure different areas are healthy or just whatever, but a constant conversation. And I have a follow-up question, Sandra. So this is actually from my wife who's like, <laughs> hey, okay, you know, I, I was running through a few of these questions like, I, I think it'd be fun to ask her about that. And she was like, well, if you're going to ask that, you need to ask this follow-up. So this yeah. is the follow-up to to the question I just asked you. Um, Hence the look you gave Right, her. right, right. <laughs> so my wife, Terry, asked, so if you notice your spouse is running out of breathing room because it is a moving target, mm-hmm. how do you approach that conversation with them? How do you bring that up? Yeah. Like, hey, I see you're about to run yourself into right. the ground. Right. So what is what is that conversation? How do you approach that with your I wonder why Terry spouse? was asking you to ask I don't. That. I have no idea. It probably often. just popped in her mind. Right. I don't yeah. know where right. what CJ, I'm thinking. CJ is a little yeah. bit of an overachiever. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. CJ is... How many podcasts are you host oh, for, no, CJ? Let's not even... We don't need to go down that road. <laughs> hard worker, like CJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, well, but yeah, what does that yeah, look, conversation well, look like with your spouse? That's such a great question. And that kind of introduces something that y'all probably have talked about in previous conversations. But, you know, approach is everything. And for different personalities, there are different pr- approaches yeah. that are effective. And um, and you just, I think, part of having a great marriage is being a student of your spouse and understanding, you know, what what is the approach to, you know, have this conversation or what is the environment to have this mm. conversation or what is the timing, the best mm-hmm. timing to have this conversation. So any hard conversation, we have to, I think, take a pause yeah. rather than just all of a sudden launching into are you really going to say yes to that? I mean, yeah. you just, I mean, instead of launching into that kind of yeah. passive aggressive thing that I sometimes can easily launch into, if I will just pause and say to myself, okay, Sandra, what's the best approach to have this conversation? Mm. And again, I know I keep saying this, but constant conversations mm. means open permission. Mm. So if, if the two of you are in a constant conversation about the calendar, about how you spend mm. your time, about how you spend your money, about how you do relationships, then you're not having to jockey for an approach as much because it's a constant conversation and there's not a defensive thing. This is something that we do. This is something we talk about. Mm -hmm. So that would be my 
off that's the cuff answer, I guess. That's great. Something like that. that. Constant conversation. I love that. Yeah, yep. and you know, with parenting, our kids, as you know, Ted, you know, yeah. because you've got three, they can come from the same gene pool and still be so different from each other. <laughs> 100%. And Andy and I figured out early on that each of our kids had a different, um, we had a different approach for each of our kids when we needed to have a hard conversation. Mm. For Andrew, he's a just the facts kid, mm. always was. A few words as possible. Just get, tell me what you need me to know, and I'm going to move on. <laughs> and so Garrett, you know, it was a whole different thing for Garrett. I would sit on the edge of his bed and scratch his back and talk about his basketball game for a little while <laughs> and then slowly ease into, and he, you know, he's relaxed and he's ready to talk. Yeah. For Allie, it was a whole different, Andy, Andy was the best one to talk to Allie about stuff because they're both so musical and creative and I'm far more analytical. And um, so he would go in there and pick up guitar and they'd sing some Taylor Swift songs <laughs> and then he'd put the guitar down and they would have their conversation and it would just go well. So not, not always. No, no conversations <laughs> right. always go well. I won't pretend that parenting is just all about figuring out your kid's approach. But, but to answer your wife's question, I think sometimes if it's not a constant conversation, you know, ask yourself, what's the best approach? Just take mm-hmm. a pause, take a deep breath. And, um, that's great. And without that, that out. Without that breathing room, you're not going to have conversations. You're That's not right. going to have That's times to, to play songs with yeah. the kids. You don't have those. It, you know, I never see you to have a conversation. Right. I mean, that's... That's a huge part of this whole thing of giving yourself a margin to have relationships. And evaluating the calendar. Mm. You know, how many speaking engagements do we feel like we can handle in Mm. a two-week period? And really, Mm. as we've looked at our calendar, we've learned to not just look at a date to say a yes or no. I look at the week before it, and I look at the week after it, because I want context for what Mm. does this whole month look like? And is Mm. adding one more thing going to push me past that place where we have the breathing room that we need? And, And so... There's context, I think, in that. So can I ask, um, when you have that margin, when you have that breathing room, and I'm just going to, I'm going to be the one that's transparent on this podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just, I'm just telling you, when I have breathing room or when I, when I have any time to myself, I usually spend it watching Netflix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like I spend that margin doing something that I want to do that is in no way helpful or recharges me, but I think it does. Like, I'm just trying to use my margin to like coast, you know? And I feel like when you have that breathing room, how can you use that margin to set you up better for, for kind Mm -hmm. of launching you into the the things you How do you get the rest that you need? Yeah. I think that really goes back to your own personality and what it is that makes, you know, that really does rejuvenate you and kind of press your reset button, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, You know, for me, I just need some time in the quiet. Andy and I are both introverts, which is kind of an odd thing that people I don't think necessarily expect, but we both recharge in the quiet. Mm -hmm. And so for Mm -hmm. me, it's that. Garrett, my the only extrovert of the five of the Stanleys, um, he, he recharges a whole different way. He wants to go to the gym and rally a whole posse of you know other guys and play basketball. I mean that that recharges him. Yeah. Don't make him sit in a quiet room by himself and heaven forbid read a book. Right. <laughs> so, Here, read one of your dad's books. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but he's just different, and we're all wired differently. I think it's yeah. one of those things to really figure out. Um, what that looks like. And, you know, one of the things I think is 
just so incredibly important is for a time alone with the Lord to be part of our regular rhythm of our day, whether it's morning or evening or whatever. I just think no matter what your personality, no matter what your skill set and giftedness and all of that, it just trumps everything. Because mm-hmm. in those moments, the Lord uh, alone with our Heavenly Father, I think He just presses the reset button for us. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I always encourage people, if that's not part of your regular rhythm, it will do more for Mm. finding, establishing, maintaining breathing room than anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we think the same exact thing. If you sit in what matters, and he says, you matter to me, instead of trying to matter in other ways, going, I matter because he loves me. It's the best Mm. way to deal with that set of fears. Right. Absolutely. He he does. He dresses them in a way that only he can. Exactly. Sandra, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't ask uh, Nancy's question. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do that. And I think we have, Afton, we have one for Hudson, right? I love that our spouses asked us to ask. We should have invited Sandra. him. It would have been a party around the table. It no, no, no. Yeah. Don't say too much. Right. They know too much. They know too much. No, we've talked about that before. It'd probably be a way better podcast if they showed up. Um, so uh, Nancy's question was. How do we deal with the guilt of saying no or not doing what all the other moms are doing for their kids? Wow. That's a great question. Mm. Wow. That's a great question. Let me start with an illustration. When our boys were both playing baseball, there was one particular season. Every other season, they would be on the same team because they were close enough in age, and their birthdays would fall every other year where we could put them on the same team, which was awesome. Mm. (laughs) Because as much as we really did love being out the baseball field, it was kind of nice not to have double the number of practices and double the number of games. But um, we were sitting, uh, Andy was coaching one particular season, and so we were having a little parent meeting after the game. And he said, hey, I'm not going to be here next week. Sandra and I are going on a little trip. And um, so if there's somebody that could step in and, you know, be the third base coach, that'd be awesome, you know, whatever. And we will, we talk about this all the time there. We could not believe how many of the parents said, wait, y'all are like by yourselves. You're going on a trip by yourselves. (laughs) Are your boys going to be here? We're like, yeah, they'll be at the game. Well, well, we haven't been on a trip by ourselves since our kids were born. And so it was kind of this, you know, they were just shocked that this was happening. But the great thing, and to kind of get to Nancy's question, I think a lot of times when we take these steps, when we have breathing room, when we maybe sort of publicly say no to something that everybody else is saying yes to, Mm -hmm. it almost gives other people permission Mm -hmm. to do the same thing. And Mm -hmm. I know there have been times where I have gotten an an invitation to be somewhere, speak somewhere, do something, and I have said, you know what, oh, my goodness, I would love to do that. That's one of my favorite things to talk about, or that's one of my favorite things to do. I would love to do it. But Andy and I have just decided that in this season, we really want to have at least four nights at home around the dinner table with our kids. And mm. that week is already, mm. you know, there's already as much on the calendar as we can put on the calendar for that for that week. And, and there's just, I've had people come back around later to say, you know what, Sandra, you probably don't remember saying this, but one time we invited you. And, you know, and then mm-hmm. they, they tell us it gave us permission or it, or it, mm-hmm. or it, just made us realize, wow, we can say no to stuff. And it's okay. And it is okay. It is so okay. To, to Nancy's question, I would say, you know what? You take that to the Lord on your knees, and then you say no to what you need to say no to and trust that He's going to take that and even use it beyond what you think. So good. Yeah. And 
that is when we have said that to couples, we're going away just the two of them. Yeah, um, you've gotten it, the same response. They just, yeah, they it's a just category don't buster. But they we, just, yeah, it is, and we would come back. We would always say, but we come back such better parents. Yeah, the kids were been grandparents, so they were typically worse kids. Yeah, when we got back. Um, <laughs> but you had the margin to deal with it. But now I've had all this. <laughs> I've had all this breathing room <laughs> right. on vacation, but it was literally we've got to have those days uh, just to. Uh, you know, just the two of us to go away to get some breathing room there. Just, yeah. I mean, it's better for everyone that lives at our house. And yeah. so, but you're exactly right. People see that as completely alien. Foreign. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, mm-hmm. so wow. important. That's great. Well, let me ask Hudson's question, which this is really true for us because I think um, we're in a time right now where, especially our generation, I feel like we, we usually have jobs and then we have mm-hmm. side jobs. Like right. yeah. we're just right. always working. There's always something yeah. to be doing. And I think there's things we have to do and there's things that we want to do. Yeah. And yeah. so what are some, I mean, Hudson's question is basically, what are some, some practical ways that we can um, put some strategies into place so that we have in our, you know, have in our time, here's things that we have to do. Here's things I want to do. How do I fit them all in and yeah. still have margin? <laughs> yeah, to just breathe. Well, and and so many times too. Then you throw a hobby in there, or you're redoing your house. I mean, there's right. just there's there's just always stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think too that goes back to are is you know are some of them things that you're doing together that you love doing together mm-hmm. and that is you know kind of rejuvenating for you or replenishing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I it, I think it goes back to a set of questions that just the two of you ask each other mm. to to reset and then looking at the calendar. And, you know, it may be as simple as, you know what, we're going to plan in a few weeks to get out of town for two nights. Mm-hmm. And so we'll just, you know, it's going to be crazy until then. Mm-hmm. And but the, but we've got that to kind of a carrot hanging out there mm, to look yeah. forward to. So, again, there's so right. many things that really are, I think, dependent on personality, on the rhythm of your family. Yeah. Yeah. On a pro, you know, just just the, if you're that in that conversation, conversation. Yeah. yeah, then you'll have the opportunity to to, to tell them because I feel like for me, Hudson's just he's always doing a million things, and I I think I found in the last couple of weeks that what something that's really important to me is that we go to bed at the same time. Yes, and like yeah. for the last couple of weeks. I, I'm tired at like 9 p.m. and he stays up till midnight and yeah. then he's up before I am and he's already working. And so I'm like, I didn't even see you. For, I feel like I haven't seen you for like three days. Yeah. And it's weird that just that like, okay, at 10 o'clock, we're both going to bed. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference for me for yeah. some reason, yeah. you know. I think it does, and you know, and and like we've been talking about, different seasons are different, and there are times just like in organizational life. I think in family life, there are problems to solve and tensions to manage. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. sometimes when when you know it's a hard week or whatever, we need to look at it and go, okay, this is a problem we need to solve. This mm-hmm. is a conversation. This is a let's sit down with our calendars and figure out what we can get rid of mm-hmm. so that yeah. we're not chronically having these same kind of weeks. Other times, like for instance, the baseball seasons that I've, I have mentioned, you know, we chose that. We want the kids to be able to play. They want to play. And we just decide, okay, this is going to be a crazy eight weeks. <laughs> and it's going to be a tension we manage rather than a problem that we're trying to solve. And we may get creative to try to figure out how can we have some dinner times together in spite of a crazy baseball schedule. It may be Chick-fil-A on a blanket, you know, behind the bleachers. <laughs> but we it's going to be a tension that we manage. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes in certain seasons, it, this, it is what it is. And it's what we've chosen. And, and yeah. we've looked at the calendar. And there really isn't anything this month that we want to remove or we feel like we can remove. So let's then move to the conversation of how do we manage the tension? How do we manage the tension? So that we're not, you know, having conflict 
in the midst of the busyness? How do we manage the tension of having the time that we want with our kids and all of those things? So problems to solve, tensions to manage. It's an organizational um, principle and it is a family yeah. principle. Yeah, I love so it. great. So Sandra, this is a great conversation so far. Now we're talking all about creating breathing room. What happens once we finally get there? When we have breathing room. When we finally create that margin and, and you that You know, there are room. so many things. There's peace, which is huge. You know, that I, sounds I, nice. You know, I feel like the Holy Spirit <laughs> has has more ground to to manifest those fruits of the Spirit in yeah. me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm a That's better person. True. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better <laughs> human. You know, when I have breathing room, I know that about mm-hmm. myself. But one of the things that I have seen, and again, standing where I stand and having you know some life in the rearview mirror, the benefits of having breathing room is you can look back at a certain season or a certain um, period of time with your kids or early marriage years or whatever it is and not have regrets. Mm. Um, that's, not that's have regrets yeah. for really having missed the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's huge to me because mm. when we move out of, you know, a, of a season, we don't get a redo. Mm. We don't get to do it over. Mm. And when we have those regrets... You know, we we take those to the Lord and we deal with it because we all have regrets. None of us are perfect parents. None of us are perfect spouses. You know, none of us are perfect in any of the roles in our life. But having breathing room, I think, really does um, propel us forward to the place where we can have fewer regrets and we have amazing memories of not missing the good stuff. Mm, That's that's, that's huge. Yeah, that's the money shot right there, people, (laughs) right there. So, Sandra, some people are hearing the podcast and they're hearing from people that, you know, we're... Most of us are in ministry and we work for a nonprofit. And so talk to the people that are listening that say, hey, my job would have never allowed me to cut down on my hours. Like, yeah. um, is that a problem to be solved or to, mm-hmm. to do? Talk to those who say that we don't get the real world. And that's what I've loved about um, you and Andy is you've never removed yourselves from the real world. You guys are so connected with the people that come to North Point week after week after week. You guys are always speaking straight to people that live in the real world. So I want to make sure that people hear that side. What would you say to people who say, gosh, I just don't know how I could pull that off logistically? Right. That's tough. It really is tough. And I think what I would say for somebody who really is in a place where they can't Establish breathing room. They really don't have any control over their schedule. They're struggling um, with that. I think one of the things would be to recognize that there really are going to be those seasons. We don't have control over everything. Recognize that there are those seasons. And I think that God many, many times meets us there and kind of gives us grace. He's so good in our parenting where we fall short to give us the grace. And I even think in the breathing room, when we are truly doing everything that we can to establish it, when we are laying things at His feet, when we are you know, spending time with Him in the regular rhythm, of our lives, I just think he kind of meets us with mm. that, with that grace and mercy, and kind of fills in the gaps. and And I think we can ask him for that. Yeah, I think we can say, God, I'm in a season. I would mm. much rather be home more, mm. but if I choose to do that, it means a new job mm. or yeah. a move or something that might not be the best thing for the whole family. Um, and once you establish that mm. that isn't the right thing to do, which it could be, that could mm. be part of the solution, then you just trust Him to fill in the gaps mm. where where you're lacking. That's hard. And it That's seems hard. like for those people you know, that are in that situation, it seems like 
they just need to be so much more intentional about when they have the breathing yeah. room, how they use that time yeah. to make mm-hmm. sure that the time they do have and the margin they do have. Not just Netflix? Not just yeah. Netflix. Okay. Okay. I mean, unless okay. that works well, and for And that's them. so true. And if you think about your finances, it's the same way. How many times do we, we look at something and go, well, I can't afford that? Well, the truth is there are some other things I could shave off of my spending that would mm-hmm. allow us to be able to have date night yeah. or would allow right. us to get out of town for a Ooh. night. And so, you know, just being realistic about evaluating the calendar mm-hmm. and like you said, you know, just kind of shave off what you can, mm-hmm. make the most of every moment that mm-hmm. you do have some flexibility and then trust God to fill in the gaps. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I think we have to go so far as maybe to trust Him to help us to find a new job. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a fun thing to say out loud, but the reality is, you know, I've talked with several people in the middle of life and marriage. I said, look, you have been struggling for five years with your job. I keep hearing the same story. Your kids are feeling neglected. Your wife's feeling neglected. Um, you need to make a hard choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an okay thing to say. It really to say. is an okay thing because um, so often, you know, this, the being stuck really is, I'm stuck because I'm in the wrong spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. And yeah. so, yep. yeah, making some hard changes. And again, conversations. Conversations with a boss. It really may be, you know what? I need to figure out my approach mm-hmm. and go have a sit down with the boss and say, mm-hmm. I really love this job and I would love to stay here, but it's not conducive to the kind yeah. of family environment that I'm trying to develop. And mm-hmm. is there any wiggle room? Is there anything that we can do here? Yeah, um, because if you are in control of your breathing room, that means someone else is. <laughs> and so it means maybe it's going sure. to that person. And often this very thing is people who are self-employed. So they are the boss. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But the reality is to make that thing work in their mind, it's going to take X number of hours, which is way more than, you know, is going to be beneficial for the family. And again, it may be time for a change or it may be a time to evaluate the fears and go, okay, is am I doing more than I really need to be doing because of a fear that's at the root mm. of it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Well, Sandra, we always like to end our conversations with one simple thing because we've talked about a lot already uh, so far today. And so what is one simple thing that everyone can do to create more breathing room in their lives and in their marriages? Yeah. Um, You know, I think what I would say to this question is recognize and renew your mind to the fact that a no for now is not necessarily a no for always. Mm. Um, I would have loved to have done seminary earlier. At 51, I'm learning how to cite references and, you know, do all kinds of stuff that um, is so different from when I was in college. Uh, But this is, that was not the season this one is. It was a no back then, but it's a yes. It's a big old yes now. Mm -hmm. So recognize that a no for now isn't necessarily a no for always. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sandra, I'm going to tack on my own one simple thing, which is actually your one simple thing, because I was watching your videos and was like, that's awesome too. Because you're an overachiever and you were doing homework before (laughs) our interview about breathing room. Well, Terry, Terry does have the breathing room study. So oh, okay. we, we, we got that at Christmas. Gotcha. So we're, we're all set there. But yeah. so would you suggest, would you suggest this? Um, so in one of your videos, you talked about you and Andy had this conversation and uh, you even kind of referenced it a little bit a few minutes ago, but you asked if you could adjust my schedule any way you wanted, what would it look like? Would you s- 
is that a good question for spouses to, or to ask yeah. of each well, other? You know what? That would be a great jumping off spot for a constant conversation mm-hmm. to say, okay, if, you know, in the perfect world, what would it look like? That's a great place to start the conversation. And then you move mm-hmm. on from there because many times it isn't realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. But mm-hmm. it's a great place to start the conversation. So I thought I'd ask to see if we were mm-hmm. setting couples up for a, a fight or if that was going <laughs> to be a, a helpful Approach, starting point. timing. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. All that. So, but uh, going back to what Sandra said, just to reiterate, rec- the one simple thing this week, recognize that a no for now is not a no for mm-hmm. always. And then if you're so bold, you could ask your spouse, if you could adjust my schedule any way you wanted, what would it look like? So, <laughs> And the key awesome. there is that the question isn't, if I could adjust your schedule any way yeah. I wanted, here's what I'd do. You right. have to ask an them invitation. Yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's great. Back in. Oh, well, Sandra, great. thank you so much for joining us yes. for this thank conversation. You. This has been hugely helpful. It really, really has. And uh, if people want to connect with you on social media, where's the best place to follow you? I guess I'm kind of everywhere. Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, okay. Facebook. So yeah. just search Sandra Stanley and we'll, yeah. we'll find you on yeah. Instagram, Facebook, all those good things. Uh, and if you want to connect uh, and find out more about Breathing Room, I know that people can check out breathingroom.org. And like yes. we said uh, at the beginning of the episode, it's not just a book or devotional. It's an app. It's videos. It's yes. a it's a study. It's a it it's awesome, awesome stuff. Sandra, I just have to say that it's been so neat watching you know watching this next phase for you. Watching you know comparison trap and then then breathing room. And I thought when I saw that, I thought she was so faithful to do what she felt like God was calling her to do. You know, I know that uh, you really spoke into and still do, I'm sure, the pastor's wife's at North Point, and he said, I'm doing a good work, and I cannot come mm-hmm. down. I mean, that mattered so much to Nancy Lowe when mm-hmm. she was home with the Littles. When I think about you and Andy, I really do think of one of the things that uh, seems to have made you guys so successful is this idea of breathing room. I don't see a lot of high-octane leaders doing this, and I think that's what leads to, I can't do this anymore. I'm all done. Burnout, I'm burned yeah. out. But just to say, wow, it, like you said, it's made me a better mom. It's made me a better wife. It's made me a better human. And watching you guys do that as a family and, like you said, look back without, without regret, I think that's exactly mm. what we're talking. And I think it's so counterintuitive yeah. to what the world is teaching that we got to go, 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 press, right. press, press. And it changes everything when we can breathe. That's where life is. That it's, is where it, life is. It, that's it, where... That's where the joy in marriage is and the joy in parenting is and just the joy in relationships in general. Thank you so much for I'm so glad that this is what you decided now that you've got breathing room was to talk about breathing room. So (laughs) thank you so much for this. And uh, yeah, I think this is a great study for men and women. So it's helpful. it's a pretty study and a pretty book, but men, mm-hmm. if they're okay with having it <laughs> in their pickup truck, it are would be still their brown be... bag book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The brown bag, the brown bag. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys for having this conversation, and thank you for joining us for the Married People Podcast. We hope that today's episode helped you realize that marriage is a little easier than you think. And before we wrap up, we want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and connect with us at marriedpeople.org slash podcast. Yeah, and maybe a great thing that they could tell us 
for this episode is what are some things that they fill in their breathing room time with? Yeah. Um, what are some creative ways that when they have margin, what do they do with that margin? And how is that rejuvenating for them and launches them into their week? Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, uh, leave us your thoughts again on Facebook, Instagram, and at our website, marriedpeople.org slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast through your Apple podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a review. Your review will help us make this podcast better and get these conversations in front of more married couples who need to hear them. And finally, if you want to follow Sandra on social media, and if you want to check out her book, Breathing Room, visit our website, marriedpeople.org. We'll have links to all of that stuff there. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Afton. I'm Ted. I'm Sandra. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.